Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. We are going to change the course of our teachings concerning the kingdom of God. We touched the area of angels, but after I did that lesson and began to meditate during the week, the Spirit of God moved upon me to talk about the will of our Father, to talk about His will. If you'll open in your Bibles to Colossians, the first chapter, verse 9, Colossians, the first chapter, and verse 9, you will notice that in his prayer for the church here at Colossae, Paul prayed and included this phrase in verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, cease not to pray for you and desire to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. That you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you might be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, the Word of God, the Bible, clearly teaches us that there are three wills with which we need to be familiar. There is the will of God our Father. There is the will of Satan, our adversary. And also there is the will of man. The will of man. We have God's will. We have man's will. And we have Satan's will. The word of God is the will of God. The word of God is the will of God. Satan's will can be found in his word also. Satan's will can be found in his word. I will ascend above the Most High. I will be like the Most High. Man's will is influenced either by the will of God or by the will of man. And whichever he chooses becomes his will. Therefore, the words that he speaks will locate just where his will lies. So man's will can be either influenced by the will of, or let's say the word of God, or by the word of the adversary. 
and then his will will be determined by which of the two he yields himself. Some are not willing to go the way of God. They refuse his way. They refuse his will. Consequently, theirs will be the ways of death. You see, man was created by God as a free moral agent, having the divine privilege to choose between life and death. We are, really, in reality, we are a unique creation. Our Heavenly Father created us and gave to us the power of choice. Whereas the angels in their creation, they had the ability to choose, but they did not have the right to choose. And so consequently, when they chose to follow Lucifer in his fall, they were all judged without redemption. They did not have the right to choose their own way, but they did. And because of it, you see, God did not make them robots. He also gave them the will to choose. They had the will and the ability, but they did not have the right. The consequences, as you know, are the ways of death. They'll not be redeemed. They chose to follow Lucifer. Now, we're told in the Word of God... That we are to, Paul said right here, know the knowledge or have the knowledge of the will of the Father. We as believers are supposed to know his will. It never ceases to amaze me when I hear Christians praying, well, if it be the Lord's will. The only time we have to pray that type of a prayer is when we do not explicitly know the will of God. Concerning us. If you don't know the will of God, then it means it's not in the Word. Because the Word is the will of God concerning us. If it's something that you're to do, well, let's say there's the general revealed will of God and there's the specific revealed will of God. In the general revealed will of God, we have His Word. I know what I'm supposed to be doing as a Christian. I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing as a Christian. But specifically, God will speak to us as we follow his general revealed will. He will speak to us as to what his specific will is in our own individual life. It was the will of God that I be called into the ministry. How did you find that out, you might say? I found that out by following the general revealed will of God. To study, to show myself to be approved unto God. To witness the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ at every time and opportunity available. To use the Word of God in my daily life. To act upon the Word of God. To put the Word of God first place in my life. And in the event, the Father spoke to my own heart and spirit and said, This is what you are to do. The specific will of God came as I was flowing with the general revealed will of God for every individual Christian. You don't have to wait for God to, to tell you by an angel to go and witness Jesus to the world. Because the Word of God clearly states, preach the gospel to every creature 
He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. That's us. We are to go and make disciples or students of all nations. That is the general revealed will of God for each and every one of us, is to minister Jesus Christ to this world about us, holding forth to it and offering to it the word of life. Amen? As we do that and flow with the general revealed will of God, how can we expect God to reveal His specific will if we're not following and flowing with His general revealed will? It's His revealed will in the Word that we forsake not the assembling of ourselves together and meet and join ourselves together into a place of worship to glorify our Heavenly Father as a unified body, as a collective body, to give honor and glory and praise in His name. How can we expect to find the specific will if we are not finding and fulfilling the general revealed will of God, finding a place of worship? and fitting into that place of worship and glorifying the Father with the body of Christ. You won't be able to do it. You'll be tossed to and fro. You'll never be satisfied. No one, no church would ever be able to satisfy your own little likes and dislikes. That's not what the church is designed to do. The church is not designed to pacify us. It's designed to give honor and glory and praise unto the Father of all glory. Amen? Amen. Well... If you will turn with me to Psalm 8. Psalm 8. I want you to realize that man in his creation, when he was created by God, as being a free moral agent and having the right to choose his own will, which gave him the right to choose his own destiny. By God, this was God-given. Man chose the ways of death and thwarted the plan of God as he was influenced by the will of the devil and as you know causing death and sin to enter into the world where God did not will it but man having that power was able to follow the ways of Satan and allow Satan's will to take place in the earth even though God did not will it. Even though the Father did not will it. I want you to see something here. God's will, if as some people believe, and most Christians believe, if God's will cannot be stopped from being done, then God is not more powerful than Lucifer. God is not willing that any should perish, but they have been perishing by the score ever since the fall of man. God's will, therefore, is not being fulfilled in the earth as he planned it to be. Why, you might say? Because man's will is involved. We are going to locate where man's will fits. 
But right now, we are going to first see God's will in the creation of man. Let's look at verse 1. This is very important that we understand the will of the Father in creating his man. And when we understand the Father's will in creation, and then understand how his will was reestablished through Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, and resurrection, then we can flow into the general revealed will of God and plan of God, the plan of the ages, God's plan for man. We can flow right on with that same revealed will and allow that will to be done in our lives and stop the will of the adversary and not allow his will to be carried through in our lives. We can join forces with the Father of all glory and allow his will, his revealed will, to be carried out and fulfilled, which will be fulfilled regardless of the attempt of the devil, of man, or anybody that would try to oppose his will. His will will be established and finalized. It will be done. But in this generation that we live in, in order, it for, in order for it to be done in our lives, we have got to yield our will to the will of the Father. This is the will of the Father. This was His will in creation. It will bless you. O Lord, our, o Lord, our Lord, how excellent is Thy name in all the earth. Who has set Thy glory above the heavens? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. Hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger? When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man? What is man that thou art mindful of him? What is he? When I look and behold the glory of the heavens, and I behold the earth, your handiwork, and I see the glory of that which thou hast created, and then I look to man, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? Would you realize that man is the only of God's creation who was honored with a visitation from his heavenly Father? The angels came to him. The animals would come to him because he created them. The moon and the stars would obey because he created them. But when he created man, he came to the man and visited the man. In the cool of the day. What is this man? That this almighty creator. The father of all glory. Would be so mindful of him. Who is he? What place does he hold. In the father's heart. And in his scheme of things. How mighty is this man. That has been created by the father God. That he should have a visitation. Of the creator. What is this man that thou art mindful of him, the psalmist says? What is he to you? What place does he hold in your heart? For thou hast made him a little lower than Elohim. Elohim. 
Look it up in your Strong's Concordance. It's the same word that's translated in the beginning, Elohim, created. Thou hast made him a shade lower than God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Thou hast made him but a shade lower than God himself. As you look upon the glory of all the work of God's hands, when you behold the glory of the moon and the stars and the sun, and they all have their degree of glory, but then when you behold and see the glory of the angels that were individually created by the Omnipotent One, in all their splendor, in all their glory, as we behold that glory, can you imagine their faces when they stood before and watched God take the dust of the earth and form His man and then breathe in His very own breath of life into this man so that this man would have a degree of glory that was far greater than all the created beings thus far. A glory that would be so glorious that it would actually ooze out of the pores of this man and cause him to be encompassed about by the same presence that clothes the Father. Look at it with me. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him. The word crowned in the Hebrew means encompassed. I don't like to use those words that are deceiving. When we think of a crown, we think of some little crown on top of the head. No, man was not crowned with a little crown of gold or of silver. But man was crowned, the crown of creation was crowned with the glory and honor of the presence of the heavenly Father. He was crowned with the glory of the Father in such a dimension that it just oozed out of him. It became his shield. He was encompassed with the presence of the Father. The Scriptures tell us that in his presence is glory and honor. This was the man that was created. This was Adam in all his splendor, in all his glory. This was the will of the Father for his man. For what purpose, you might say? Let's read on. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep. And oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. As sure as the fish is to swim in the sea, as sure as the fowls and the birds are to fly in the sky. As sure as the animals were to walk upon the face of the earth, as sure as the trees were to produce their fruit, is the same assurity that we have that man was to have dominion over all the creation, over all the works of God's hands. 
we can rest ourselves assured that this is why the man was created. This was the will of the Father that his man be clothed with his own presence and glory and splendor and have the dominion over all the works that he's created. A shade lower than the Father himself. A shade lower than Elohim. This was the purpose of the creation of God's man. Let me say this to you right now. I don't care how many devils there are. I don't care how many want to side up with the devil. I don't care how many opposers we have to the truth. I don't care how many times it seems as though the devil's got the church, God's glorious church, and is persecuting it and afflicting it. I don't care how dark it may seem. I don't care how many dark ages the church went through. I want you to know by the eternal plan and will of the Father God that His plan for man will not be defeated. His plan and will for man will be carried out throughout all the eternities for it's the eternal purpose of God. His plan for His man shall be carried out. I don't care come all the devils and all the imps of hell, Satan, Lucifer himself, there will never be a power that will stand against the will of the Father God. His will will be carried out throughout all eternity and man will reign and rule with Him throughout all eternity and reign in all that glory and power. I don't care. I don't care who tries to thwart His plan. My cry to you is, join in the plan of God. Side up with the Almighty One. Yield your will to the will of the Omnipotent Father and join in and let your will be His will. Let His plan be in your life. No one will stop it. Amen. You say, what happened? Here's where we find out how man's will can affect the plan of God. You'll find a scripture in the third chapter of the book of Romans. Please turn there with me. No, my friends, Satan was defeated from the moment he rebelled against God. Satan was defeated from the moment he rebelled against God. And he has nothing up his sleeve that he can use now to stop God's will from being carried out throughout the earth. There's nothing he can do to stop it. His time is short. His doom is forthcoming. He knows it. He's brought down the knot and he's declining unto his end. And he's scared. He's scared. And he's watching as the body of Christ. It's just like one big snowball. The body of Christ is just gathering together. The glorious church is being separated. We've come to the dark ages. We've come to all the rebellious stages of, of all the churches separating and going their own way. And the Father said, that's enough. He's called out a people inside the professing church, those that He saw whose hearts were upright towards Him. He's called them unto Himself, and He's shined the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ inside their hearts. 
and He's called them unto Himself. They've come out of this church. They've come out of that church. They've come out of this church. The church will never go back into darkness, but the glorious church is becoming brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter because the perfect day is coming. The perfect day is even closer. And the brighter and the brighter and the brighter we get, the more Satan is so fearful and trembles and doesn't know what to do because the glorious church of Jesus Christ is carrying out that perfect will. He sees it. He doesn't know what to do. He's causing chaos in his own kingdom. He doesn't know what to do. But the glory of God is getting brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and the darkness cannot stand it. But those that are the professing church... They're either going one way or they're joining in with this glorious revelation of the light of the glory of God. Those that once said tongues is not for today are being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues. Those that said these things are not for this era, these things are not for the body of Christ today, they were done away with, these miracles were done away with, are standing upon this even streets and speaking. Yes, I believe that way one time, but the glory of God has changed my mind. And the name of Jesus is as it was yesterday. It's the same today and forever. Come and receive freely of the glory of God. They've come into their own. They've separated. And those that have refused their lights are being put out as Jesus said they would. But bless God, those that are carrying on are becoming brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter under the perfect day. Amen. Here we find in this third chapter of the book of Romans, you know the 23rd verse. We all should know it by heart. We all should understand. All have sinned. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You will recall with me that Satan had his own will. His own will was, I will take my throne and lift it above the clouds. I will be like the Most High. I will be in His kingdom. I will take His place. I will be the one to be worshipped. I will be the one to be glorified. That was the will of the devil. Anything that causes anybody... In the earth, any human being that causes anybody to say anything or to do anything that would exalt themselves or lift themselves up above God is demonic. Anytime a person thinks he can get to heaven without God, without Jesus Christ, means he's trusting in his own ability. He's trusting in his own I will, his self-willed nature. That's sin in its highest form. That's demonic. That's the will of the devil. Anytime a man thinks he can do things without God the Father, that's demonic. But the body of Christ today, even in the body of Christ, they have leaned towards the will of the devil. When it comes to physical healing of the body, we have lifted up and highly esteemed the medical science field. We don't knock it. But let's put it in its place. They have turned to the arm of the flesh and considered the arm of the flesh and the ways of man and put all their faith in the ways of man so as to esteem it above the way of the power of the glory of God. 
But sure as God lives, His glory will be seen throughout all the earth in the area of divine healing as never had been seen before, that even those that have given their life over, over to the medical field, their eyes shall be opened for they'll see the miracles take place right under their own nose. And they'll see that the glory and the power of God is real. It wouldn't be bad if these men were Christian. But we have entrusted our bodies to those that are atheists and heathen. Those that don't believe that God exists. God forbid. If I can't do it, there's no hope for you. Who are you to tell me that? Oh, bless God. There's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There is the glory of the eternal Father. It's never hopeless just because man says so. You let God be God. Hallelujah. You're going to hear this message in a greater dimension throughout these days. And those that have compromised the glory and the power of His divine healing shall fall by the wayside. But those that have stood fast and, and suffered the persecution and the affliction that comes for making Jesus healer of the body, they shall walk clothed in His healing virtue and power to carry out His perfect will concerning healing in the earth. Amen. No, beloved. Satan tried to impose his will in the garden. He tried, he did. He tried to impose his will every, all right on down from the fall of man right on down to this day. He is in try, trying to impose his will upon the body of Christ, the church of the living God right now. The only way we are going to walk away from it is by knowing the will of the Father through Jesus Christ. Here we find the scripture. This is what happened when he imposed his will in Adam's heart. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now listen to me. I was impressed to look up the word short. We saw that God created man a little bit lower than Elohim, a little bit lower than the Godhead, and crowned him with glory and honor. But here we find out that man somehow sinned and fell short. The word short should have been translated inferior. Inferior. When I saw that, my inner man lit up like a light bulb. Oh, and all that religious tradition and all that hogwash that people talk about that God made us lower than the angels. We're just beggars on the earth. We're just supposed to redeem, just walk on the earth and wait for Jesus to come. Hogwash. He made you and created you a little bit lower than He Himself. He made us higher than the angels. He made us in glory. That glory, He was naked in the presence of the Father God. The Scripture says, Man, when he sinned, came short or inferior to the glory of God. Saying to you and me that before he sinned, he was not inferior to the glory of God. Of God. Man was created not inferior to the glory of God. Man, Adam, could stand in the presence of the Almighty Father, God of all glory, clothed in such glory, so as not to be inferior to his creator. Think about that. Let that soak into your spirit. 
But when man sinned, he fell short or inferior to the glory of the Father. That's why so many people have a hard time walking into the throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help in the time of need. It's because when they go there, they sense this guilt and this inferiority complex to stand before the throne of Father God because they have not identified with the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. They have not identified with his death, his burial, his resurrection and ascension. They have not yet identified with the fact that they have been uplifted to sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And they have a right again, once again to the blood of Jesus Christ to enter into the most holiest of all, not feeling inferiority at all in the presence of God's glory. For we've been made partakers of the divine nature to the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and excellence. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Call us to glory and virtue. What is the end of God's purpose? What is his will in our lives? Well, his will in our lives is that you and I end up being one with him in his glory and rule and reign all of his creation as he designed it from the beginning. When you got born again, I'll show you some scripture in a minute, that was the beginning of God's eternal plan in your heart, the heart of his man in the earth. That was the beginning whereby his man would begin to be changed from glory to glory to glory to glory, from degrees of glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory, starting in the church age, starting on the day of Pentecost, and not finishing until man was so changed that he was the outshine, and he was just changed into the very image of God himself. That was God's eternal plan. That is his eternal will and purpose. For ye are heirs of God, equal heirs with Jesus of Nazareth. And so shall the kings of the earth bring their glory into this city. Do you see the plan of God? Well, we find out that in the fall, there were many that chose. And when I say chose, I mean just that. They chose to turn from this purpose of God. They chose to turn from this plan of God, from this will of God. They chose not to follow the ways of God. It started with Adam. It spread to everyone that was born in sin. They became inferior to that going. They couldn't see the vision. Their minds were blinded. Satan put a veil over their mind that they could not. They could not see the eternal purpose of the Father. They began to see themselves as, as just unworthy people, servants. And that carried right on down from the one generation, from the one covenant to the next covenant. And even in this covenant, even today, 2,000 years later, 2,000 years later, after God raised Jesus from the dead, we find people today still saying that I'm an unworthy servant of the Lord. What happened? They've not caught the vision. They don't understand the purpose of God. They don't understand anything about what happened to Jesus Christ. They don't understand anything about the glory of the Father. 
they don't know what their place is in that glory. They don't know they've been filled with the glory. They don't know they've been called the glory and the virtue. They don't know it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the glory that we've been predestined to. That glory would once again ooze out of the pores of those that have been born of God. So that shield, that sun shield, that glorious shield, that glory of God. Another definition of that word or a continuation of that word encompassed. We said that his glory would, the crowning, the crowning of man, the glory would encompass him. Encompass him to protect him. Encompass him to protect him or to attack. This glory would be a shield to protect him or this glory would be a shield to attack. When Satan came in to try to destroy the work of God in man, Adam should have attacked with his glory shield. But he didn't do it. That's what he should have done. That's what he should have done. To protect. In this generation, we use it the same way. The same shield we have will protect us it's called being under the shadow of the Almighty, but it's also the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God that we use to attack the enemy and to keep him and all his will and his ways away from us and all his influences away from our lives so that we will not be contaminated, contaminated by the corrupt influences of his will. That's the will of God, that we join together to carry out his perfect will. Let's consider some things as pertaining to the will of the Father. In, go to John's Gospel. The Father said that his ultimate plan would be that the earth would be filled with his glory. When the children of Israel came to Kadesh Barnea and were supposed to enter into the land, a land that floweth with milk and honey, a land where God, the Father, could protect them from all sickness, from all disease, where he can provide their every need. Sort of like a utopia in the earth. A place, not only that all their needs would be provided and be met, a place not only where they would be protected from sicknesses and diseases, what did you think would be the power that would cause those sicknesses and those diseases to stop flowing in the promised land. The purpose of the Father God was to have a place where his people could be together as one so that his glory could be revealed in the earth in that place. He desired to do it in the Ark of the Covenant, in the most holy place, in temple worship. He desired to have his presence and his glory to fill the place where they came to worship. The Father's will, my beloved, brothers and sisters, is that every time we meet, his glory would be so present, so powerful, that even the wicked things that surround us would have to fall and be consumed by the glory and the fire of his presence so that germs of sickness and disease could not live in the place where the glory of the Lord was. 
That was his purpose for Canaan's land. That was his purpose for the promised land. That they could all gather and worship the Father. And the Father would come down in all his glory and just hover over all of his people and destroy all the wicked forces of darkness that would be around them. And then all the light would shine about and those that were lying in darkness would see the light and desire to come and also rejoice and be saved because he is the only true God. And in Numbers 14, chapter verse 21, he said, As sure as I live, you can't be any more sure than that. As sure as I live, he said, the earth shall be filled with my glory. As sure as I live, saith the Lord, the earth shall be filled with my glory. You know how? I'm not going to tell you right now. Look at John 6.38. But this is the will of the Father. Oh, this is the will of our Father God. Even though he established it from the foundations of the world, even though he created man so glorious, crowned him with honor and glory, even though Satan came along and man fell, God was not defeated. He was just continuing on with his plan. He was just going on, just keep right on going, just flowing with his own plan and purpose for man. It didn't matter. He doesn't want to lose anybody. He's not willing that he should perish. But my beloved friends, if a man chooses not to follow him, as you read through the, the, the Gospels, everywhere they rejected him, Jesus said, just shake the dust off your feet and move on. No, you're not going to stop God's plan. I don't care how many don't believe how you believe. I don't care how many don't want to come and believe what we call faith. I don't care how many don't want to believe about the glory of God. I don't care how many don't want to don't believe in miracles. It will not stop God from performing miracles. It will not stop the faith of God from working. It will not stop the glory of God from being made manifest so that people can see it with a visible eye and the fire of God surrounding the temple of the worship, the temple of God, we being the temple of God. It's not going to stop the, the ultimate plan of God that, that man goes to, gains a place in his presence that he regains all the glory wherewith he was clothed and ends up reigning with him in his eternal kingdom. It will not stop it. I don't care how many doesn't want to join in. I say join in. But if they don't want to, the, Lord, the Father says, I'll not strive with them forever. If they don't want to come, then they're just going to stay out. That's right. That's what the Word says. He doesn't care. He don't care how many wants to be lazy and just be complacent in their walk and just say, well, I've got all there is, there isn't any more. Well, you stay with all you got and get to heaven. I'm going on to glory. Well, I've been born again now. I'm just going to sit in this church and wait for Jesus to come. Well, you go right on ahead. Blessed be God, I'm being changed from glory to glory to glory to glory until I get like he wants me to be. Amen. 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 I'm not going to stop the working of God, not in my life. I'm going to join in with his will. Here is the will of God. This is for you to know. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. You need to understand two things from this passage of Scripture. Jesus has a will of his own. Does it not say, I came not to do mine own will? Does it? Then Jesus could have done his own will. But he said, I came not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. 
he chose to do the Father's will. Two things you need to know. Number one, don't do your own will. Number two, choose to do the will of him that sent you. For ye are an ambassador of Christ in the earth. You are to speak his word in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Choose to do his will. Choose to do the will of the Father. If we have to choose to do his will, does it not stand before us that God's will must be revealed? How can Paul say, I desire that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, but yet walk around like most Christians. Well, I don't know what his will is. If it, if, if it be God's will, let it be. But God says, I desire that you be filled with the knowledge of my will so that you can walk and choose to do it. How can I choose life if I don't know the ways of life? How can I choose his will if his will has not been revealed to me? I share with you this. Jesus is the will of the Father. Jesus was the brightness and is the brightness of his glory. The express image of his person and the will of the Father in motion. That's what he came for. Under the first covenant, God was trying in his plan, not trying, doing in his plan, in his eternal plan, he was bringing back his glory into the earth. As sure as I live, saith the Lord, the earth will be filled with my glory. It was under the old covenant. It was a ministry of condemnation. It was so glorious that even Moses, when he came down from the mountain, they couldn't look on his face because of the glory of it. But that wasn't the extent of his glory. That wasn't all of the glory of God. No. Because the old covenant passed away. And the new covenant was established. It's a better covenant, established on better promises, and far more glorious, exceeding in glory, than that covenant. No, that was a type of manifestation of the glory of God in its limitations. He could not unveil the fullness of his glory. There are degrees of glory. But you and I have been filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. In the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it was the glory of God that raised him up from the dead. It was God's revelation of his eternal glory in its mightiest manifestation when he raised up Jesus from the dead and once again brought his glory back into the earth. Look over here. Well, you don't have to turn to these scriptures if you don't want to. I'm just going to quote to you some scriptures concerning the will of God. Uh, and write down these scriptures. In Matthew 6, 9 and 10, Jesus said, Pray that thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Jesus came to do the will of the Father. If we have to pray that his will be done, or if he told his disciples to pray that his will be done, then does it not stand to reason that his will could not have been done? And that for, in order for his will to be done, he, it takes men praying? No, God's will is not always done when that little one dies. That is not the will of God when that person got in that car accident. That is not the will of God when someone fell down and broke their leg. That is not the will of God when somebody, you know, committed suicide. 
It's not the will of God when somebody did this thing, or drowned, or did that thing. It's not the will of God. That's not the will of God in the earth. It's time we start to look and see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ in the Bible. And stop calling these tragedies the will of God. That's not glorious. That's not the glory of God. The glory of God is when man was born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, laying hands upon the sick, and they recovering. Glory be to God. And the Spirit of God speaking through the hearts and mouths of men, anointing from heaven above, carrying out the perfect will of God in the earth, raising up the dead and healing the sick and opening up the blind eyes. That's the will of God. That's the glory of God in the earth. Let's look for the glory in God's Word. Let's not accuse death as being the glory of God. Tragedy as being the glory and will of God. No, that's not the will of God. But just as God's will was not carried out, even though it's revealed to us, now it wasn't carried out, it's not being carried out right now as far as His perfect will. His perfect will is that all men be saved. Did you know that? God is not willing that one perish. But many are. That's the perfect will of God. God's not willing that anybody be sick in the body of Christ. But they are. Don't say it's not God's will, though. Don't say it's not it's God's will that person can go to hell. Don't say that. You say that before the Father. You are in danger of blaspheming the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus died for that person that went to hell because he didn't accept it and his will was not in it. There was nothing he can do about it. You know, let me stop right here and just say some things because this is very important. When do we get to a place that a person will not choose to follow Jesus? What do you do with a fellow that says, I don't care, I know what the Bible says, but I'm going my way. I love darkness better than light. I don't want to go the way of Jesus. What do you do with that person? Do you know that the Father God has Jesus at his right hand, interceding so that everybody be saved? And if you have turned that person over to, to, to the Father God and Jesus and the Spirit of God and the angels, and that person still says, no, you know God will not force him to be saved. You know that person will die and go to hell. And God's will will not be carried out in his life because he refused. Don't blame it all on the devil, my friends. More of it is the will of the man than the devil. The man chooses not to serve Jesus Christ. The man chooses not to stay with his wife. He wants to go off and have an affair. Here we have people praying for 40 years to get their husbands back, but the guy refuses to come back. You can't pray beyond the knowledge of God's will. The Bible says you don't know whether you'll save your husband or your wife. Did you know that? Did you know that? That's in the Word of God. Didn't you know that? I said that's in the Word of God. You can't. You can't. You have no guarantee that God's going to that God is going to make that person get saved because He never told you that I will make him get saved. You can pray and believe God, but my friend, faith cannot be exercised beyond your knowledge of the Word. And if that person chooses not to accept Jesus Christ by his own will, he'll die and go to hell, or she'll die and go to hell. It's time we start to realize that our will is very powerful in the earth. Some things you need to know about the will of God. Matthew, we said that they were to pray that my will be done. John 4.34. Look at that one with me. John 4.34. <clears throat> John 4:34. Jesus came down from heaven to do the will of the Father. He called doing the will of the Father his meat. 
How many of you ever read over there in John 6, 27, where it says, Labor for the meat that perisheth not? Remember that? Jesus said, Labor for the meat that perisheth not, not for the meat that perisheth. Jesus said, I, in this scripture right here, I came down not from heaven. Let me see. Or my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. His meat, the meat, his meat. They said, Lord, why don't you sit down and eat? He says, I have meat that you know not of. They said, did somebody bring him something to eat? He said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. He told you as a believer, labor not for the meat that perisheth, but for the meat that does not perish. Your meat should be to do the will of him that sent you. You should be laboring, that means to quickly enter into that will. If not, then you will perish outside of his will. It was his will that all men be saved. For God so loved the world that he sent Jesus, who came to do the will of him that sent him, who gave his life for what purpose? That whosoever believed on him should not what? Perish. Labor not for the meat that perisheth, but for the meat that perisheth not. That's to do the will of him that sent me. We should be doing that will and carrying out that will in the earth. Another thing you should know. Look at John 5, 30. I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just. Because I seek not mine own will. Because I seek not mine own will. Because I seek not mine own will. But the will of him that sent me. The will of the Father which hath sent me. Every born-again believer should be diligently seeking the will of the Father. Every, how do I do that? By following his general will and seeking his specific will in your life. There's no other place to be in the body of Christ other than the perfect will of the Father. Seek his will. Not the will of your neighbor. Not the will of the other guy down the street. I gotta go on or I'm not gonna get all this in. Uh, Ephesians 4. Very quickly. Let's just write. Well, let's look at them if you want. Ephesians 4, 17. Or 5, 17, rather. Ephesians 5, 17. <clears throat> 5, 17. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Don't be unwise. You're to be wise as a serpent, harmless as a duck. You are to understand what the will of the Father is. Another scripture, Ephesians 6, 6. <clears throat> Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God, doing the will of God, doing the will of God from the heart. Just write down the scripture, 1 Peter 2, 11 through 17. That's carrying out his will. Carrying out his will. Write down the scripture. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 and 4. That's his will concerning your body. Even the sanctification of your body. It is the will of God concerning you. Okay? This scripture is outstanding concerning God's will. John 15, 7. This is the will of the Father. 
The will of the Father God is, if you abide in me, and I abide in you, my words abide in you. Now listen to me. God's will is established. Satan's will is established. God's end, carrying out his perfect will, friend, will be established. As far as he's concerned, it is. We are in the process of it. Satan's end has already been established and determined. Man's will is in between. He can be influenced by one or the other. He has the choice to make his will God's will or Satan's will. Man can get so much involved in the will of the Father God. He can know the will of God to such an, a degree that he can get to a place that he abides in the Lord and the Word abides in him that he can ask what he wills. His will can be in so complete union and harmony with the will of the Father God that when he speaks his will, it will be the will of the Father right through his will. Ask what you will, and it will be done for you as if I did it. Next thing, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be transformed that you might know what is the, prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect, listen to me, perfect will of God. It's God's perfect will that all be saved, all will not. Did you hear me? I said, it's God's perfect will that all men be saved, but they won't. Does that mean you don't have to be? Does that mean you don't have to be? Can't you be saved if you want to? God's perfect will can be done in your life. It's God's perfect will that we all live free from sickness and disease. They don't want it. They don't want it. They don't believe it. And they don't. Does that mean you don't have to? It's God's perfect will that every believer be born again, that's born again, be filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues. They don't want it. Does that mean I can't have a perfect will? No, I can't. You see what I'm saying? That's God's perfect will. We are to prove what is his good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. God is not willing that any should perish, but they will perish. As a matter of fact, I've got to close it because we're running out on this. We do want to, we do want to get into this in such a way that we can clearly understand where each person's will, the person's will, God's will, Satan's will, just what kind of influence does he have over the will of man, and where does it, where does it come to a place that that man is making a willful choice not to accept Christ? We need to know that. We need to know that, and we need to know how to react concerning that. I, I believe there are too many times that that the Spirit of God was leading people to turn someone over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh, that their spirit might be saved in the day of judgment, but instead of doing that, they just went right along. Thinking, we're just praying for him and praying for him and praying for him. But when God would say, turn him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, that his spirit might be saved in the day of judgment. Amen. Now, the purpose of what we're talking about is found in first or Second Corinthians well, we'll just give it a script. 2 Corinthians 2.14. 2.14, where Paul said, Thanks be unto God, who always causes my life to be a continual pageant of triumph, diffusing the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ by me. We'll close it right there.
Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.